yeah, it's it's not clever. It's not cute. It's annoying. And pfft, no, thank you. Uh, I'm good on that. Dumbass. Just dumbass. Keep going. I have to go kill a spider. That camera's shaking, baby. Ooh, it's it's a shaking, rattling, and rolling. Eugene Weaver, the TV show. Women on an island against bad guys. I'm, that's that's gonna be me tonight. Suddenly, this just became pretty darn tolerable. Okay, so that looks good. Right, narration voice and snowball. Commence heavy uh, okay. sighing. <laughs> <sighs> How are you, sir? How are you? Uh, Oh, you sound pretty decent. I sound pretty fucking amazing, considering all that's going on in the last two weeks. And I know we're... uh, I'm trying to catch up on editing shows and stuff. I'm hoping to have one out here Tuesday or Wednesday. And then we'll... I'll put one out on Saturday, and then we'll be one show stacked. And that's where we need to be. Yeah, Um, because I could tell... I listened to the last episode, and I'm like, Woo! That is some dated information there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was a good idea, but and we tried it. It was a new experimental thing to stack so many episodes, but we're not... That's too much. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That... Yeah, it it felt... Um, yeah, like... Uh, sorry, guys. We, we already know all the information you're throwing our way about movies in the theater. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh Anyway, so, uh, yeah, there was no episode last week because I couldn't sit up. I think in the last episode, we, didn't we talk about that I might have the COVID-19? We presumed mm-hmm. that I did. Uh, well, after then a, you did. <laughs> after a week of uh, 102.5, I went to the end, losing a bunch of weight. I went to the uh, ER, and uh, I got a couple of bags of IVs run through me, and... Um, a whole bunch of tests. They did a flu test on me. I had influenza B. They did a COVID-19 test on me, which I got back a day later. And turns out you can have both at the same time. So I had, uh, influenza B and coronavirus on top of each other. Yep. And that, yep. the doctors themselves were like, you know, influenza B itself is deadly. And you got that and coronavirus at the same time. So it's, it's amazing that yeah. So yeah. Anyway. I was just updating my boss about what's going on, how I've been feeling, and he's just like, that's insane. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I still wonder, I, I, you obviously got a bad case of it, but when I, uh, when I, when I listened back to that one episode that we did where I was a complete and total mess, I'm like, I was pretty darn sick, and I'm like, at this point, I'm, I'm actually, at this point, I'm like, well, I kind of almost hope that I had it at that point. And that was me having it, but... And everybody has different symptoms. Like, people thought it was weird. My symptoms were I had diarrhea and I was throwing up uh, like crazy and dry heaving, even when I didn't have anything in my stomach. And uh, my one of my wife's co-workers' husband here in the last week, he had all of my exact same symptoms, but he was going on day 12. My fever broke at day 10. He was going on day 12. And he finally, and he's like 65. So he went to the hospital and they life lighted him to Cleveland where, and put him immediately on a ventilator or respirator or whatever. Um, same symptoms as me, but didn't have influenza B. Uh, so I'm still, I'm still recovering. Um, 
we'll see. You'll see by the end of the show, my voice will be shot, I'm sure. Uh, but at least I can sit up now. Um, still, if I'm on my feet for more than 20 minutes, I have to lay down. I start getting dizzy. Uh, and I've lost 18 pounds in 10 days. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I lost a chin yeah. and most of my gut. <laughs> Uh, although I, are you getting your, your, your appetite back? Yes, I am eating, uh, and I'm keeping stuff down. I haven't thrown up in, in days. Uh, but my portion size is still quite small, which yeah. I mean, it's getting better, but I'm still like just taking it easy. And, uh, you know, everybody's been real helpful dropping off tons of meals. The school has been dropping off meals. Cause I guess not enough people have been picking up their meals. You know, they, they have meals for kids. Uh-huh. And my neighbor's a teacher. We just find bags and bags. We'll just walk out in the entryway there, and there's just tons of shit. You know, little milk cartons and orange juice cartons and snacks, and it's, it's been great for the kids. Uh, so everybody, my relatives have been dropping food off. Everybody's been making meals and buying us gift cards and stuff. So it's been uh, it's been nice. It's, we've been it's been people have been very helpful. Yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, how, I, how are you and yours? Um, I, I as the cats get bigger, I get more and more allergic. So it's. I told my wife today. I said I'm I'm trapped inside the house because of this damn COVID nineteen garbage that's destroyed the world. Um, I'm trapped inside the house. The kids have no homework to do anymore, and so they are bouncing off the walls. And I'm allergic by eight o'clock in the morning. I'm I'm a complete mess. Like I I I have to medicate myself. Uh, Every day. And I told her, I said, I don't want to get cats and then have to medicate myself. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. Oh, man. And, and like yesterday, oh, I had, Easter was terrible. It, I watched, before we go to mass, I watched that online. That was good. And from that point on, the day went downhill very, very, very fast. Because I had to take another one of these pills to calm the allergies down. And it just, it affected my, it affected my psyche or whatever. I could just tell I was, it threw me off like oh just depressed and just achy oh and it wasn't sick i'm like this is the medication because my nose is dry but the rest of me is ruined yeah Uh, so i have two different types of allergy pills and i took a new one yesterday and that just completely screwed me up so it's hard to find the right allergy pill I've, i've only had to start dealing with that in the last four or five years uh, it's like, why am I, why is my head all stuffed up? It's like, I'm not sick. I don't understand. And my wife who has allergies all her life is like, Hey dummy, you got allergies. Like, nice. Wait till I'm, you know, pushing 40 till I start getting them. But, uh, yeah. And it was, it was 30 when I started getting mine and, oof. but anyway, that's, uh, it's one of those things. I, it's just one of those things. We, what are, what are you going to do? Like everybody, including myself, we're all attached to the cats now. So it's like, well, you, next time you, know, you go like, with a dog, that's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> or no animals, or or that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but it's uh, you know, I I suppose there's worse things in life than being allergic to animals. Oh yeah, and and of course, uh, our dogs were due to get groomed about two weeks ago, right when everything started shutting down. So peak fur and appointments all canceled and. I, the little one, he's sitting. I, I started calling him Grizzly, because he just looks like a, a miniature grizzly bear from a science fiction movie. But he's like this, mm. this big, but just huge. Uh, all of them, they're all just a bunch of fur bags right now. Yeah, 
I, I again, and I here's the thing. I was like, I actually we got the we we got the cats fixed now, and supposedly that is another thing that brings the allergy level down. But I it might take a little bit of time mm-hmm. for. So I I don't know, but I mean it's it's bad. Like I have to carry an old man handkerchief along with me. I literally I have to because I will burn through Kleenexes and we're trying to not use tons and tons of Kleenexes right now. So I have to hair, carry a. I just I feel like I'm from the 1800s. <laughs> uh, so and I I actually kind of I kind of like that no one is able to go to the to the barber or the hair salon or anything. That way people can start having ugly hair like me now. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm not the only one with dumb, goofy hair. I like that. <laughs> I'm sure at some point I'll just break out the number four and the number two attachments and bzz, 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 I'll be good Actually, to go. my wife suggested that. She's like, should we just get the clippers out and get you guys all done? And I'm like, oh, let's, let's keep the ugly, the ugly <laughs> David Spade look going for a little bit longer, shall we? Well, that's what we do for the most part. <clears throat> uh, okay, are you ready to talk about some movies for crying out loud? Yeah, I think finally, yes. It's let's do this. Uh, are you ready for the roulette? I'm ready. I'm Eric, and I'm Eugene. And here's the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. I don't even. I have no idea what what roulette we're on. I what did I watch again? <laughs> uh, Daniel isn't real. Ah, yes. Okay. On this episode of the roulette, it is altered carbon re-sleeved up against Daniel isn't real, and I'm up first. Altered carbon resleeved on the planet Latimer, reawakened Takashi Kovacs must protect a teenage tattooist named Holly while investigating the death of a Yakuza boss alongside Gina, a strangely familiar, no-nonsense CTAC agent. And this was fine for a... I, I kind of call this a quickie anime movie because the style of animation that they do is so heavily computer-generated and I see so many of these pumped out so fast that I often, I could be totally wrong. Maybe it takes just as much effort as anything else and it's just a style choice, but it sure seems like this is the quick way to go when you want to whip out an anime movie real fast. I'm not a huge fan of it. Sometimes it's okay, but this time eh, it's all right. That sounds a bit like the, uh, the, the porn type anime, you know what I'm, the, uh, what's it called? Oh, Hente? Hente, yes, because oh. I've watched a couple of those, and it's like, the, oh, it's like anime, but... This this just looks like whipped up in a computer just as fast as you can yeah. go. Uh, the story is fine. It, um, if I, I've seen Altered Carbon Season 1. I haven't seen Season 2 yet. It's just kind of another adventure of Takashi Kovacs, which is fine. He's a badass. Uh, it kind of follows an anime pacing, which is talk, 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 talk. Extreme gore, action, bloodshed, limbs, people cut in half, violence. Talk, 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 talk. Violence, action scene, you know. <laughs> so, some of it is really cool. Some of the talky stuff, I'm like, eh, I'm starting to lose interest. Um, overall, it was fine. Would I recommend it to you? If one day you get around to watching the show, maybe you, it's something like the Animatrix you want to throw in there. Uh, I don't know that you will, though. Um... It, it it's fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Uh, I, that's about it. I'm going to get on to season two of Altered Carbon at some point, but right now I'm down rabbit hole of uh, Amazon Prime stuff. 
of which there is not much, but we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, over to you. Tell me about Daniel. Daniel isn't real, isn't real from 2019. Talked about a guy named Adam Egypt Mortimer. Uh, a troubled college freshman Luke suffers a violent family trauma. He then resurrects his charismatic childhood imaginary friend Daniel to help him cope, not realizing how dangerous Daniel is. Um, so yeah, the movie starts out, I'm not going to spoil the movie, uh, but the movie starts out with, uh, this little boy and, um, he sees this terrible accident and there's this other little boy at the scene of the accident and they become friends. And then fairly quickly you realize the kid's imaginary. And then we cut to adult, adult guy. And, um, the imaginary friend comes back in, in adult form and starts to, oh, how do I say it? Starts to manipulate him, and and it's kind of one of those like like I talked about when uh, TJ was on the episode with uh, the Invisible Man, where bad things start to happen, and everybody's kind of blaming Daniel or not Daniel, uh, blaming Luke for them. While you know what I mean, like like oh, it's he's constant, like you know he's innocent, but he's the scapegoat. He's the scapegoat for the whole movie. That gets to me after a while. However, uh, this turns into a bit of body horror towards the end. To where I'm like, oh, this is practical effects body horror. I'm like, I'm all in. Uh, it's too long by at least 15 minutes. But this was good. For a low-budget movie, this is very, very well made for a low-budget movie. And uh, I actually think that this is one I'll probably end up Rewatching at some point just because it surprised me the direction they went towards the end and I'm not going to spoil and just some of the effects that they did and how it was achieved was pretty cool. So it was a thumbs up. It's not like for, I would, if, if, if I would be able to say, okay, from this point on for the rest of the year, every single roulette is going to be this good, not worse and certainly not better. It's going to be just like this. I would, I'd buy that. I sold. You got my money. <laughs> Just, just a good roulette. Nothing, nothing great, but very watchable. Ultimately, maybe a bit forgettable. But I would, I'd pay good money for this for the rest of my roulette life. <laughs> I know what you mean. I could say the same about Alder Carbon Resleeved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one I think that you should at some point check this out because I, I bet you would dig it, especially the final bit of the movie. It's pretty cool and an inventive with. With the lower budget they have. And uh, the Daniel character, he steals the show. He's fantastic. Uh, in fact, I think Daniel's played by Patrick Schwarzenegger. Is that? That's his son. Uh, I, I wondered. Um, it's got to be. It has I mean, to be. How many, how many Schwarzeneggers are there? Yeah. I guess we'd have to ask the other maids. Oh, was he one of the main guys or the main guy in Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse? Maybe. Um, I'm actually... Curious now. It's got to be. There's no other Schwarzeneggers, you know. It's Son of Arnold. Yes, Son of Arnold and Maria Shiver. Okay, there you go. But the, the Schwarzeneggers, isn't there another brother that... What, isn't there a brother that's mar- that was shacking up with Miley Cyrus or someone or... Uh... I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't follow the gossip. No, you should. <laughs> well, you tell me about it. That's yeah. what I rely on you yeah. for. That and birthdays. Man, uh, and okay. looking at him, are you ready for the next I round? Would, 
I, I now that I'm, I'm looking at him, I'm like, I'm trying to see Arnold in him. I guess kind of in the eyes, maybe a little. Anyway, I digress. Good movie. That gets a thumbs up. That was, that was definitely watchable. Okay, coming your way for the next round. Dark Light on Netflix. Implicated in her daughter's disappearance, a mother searches for answers when she returns to her old family home that may have an unwanted visitor. Uh, The Decline, also on Netflix. An accident at a remote training camp leaves a group of survivalists bitterly divided and caught in a brutal fight for their lives. And lastly, on Amazon Prime, Corpse. After four friends reunite at a childhood home, they awake after a night of drinking and reminiscing to find something terrible splayed out on the living room floor, turning their once happy reunion into something a lot less friendly, comedy horror. There you go. Okay, and heading your way, first up we have Code 8, new Netflix movie. A super-powered construction worker falls in with a group of criminals in order to raise the funds to help his ill mother. Jeff Chan directed this one. And what else has Jeff Chan done? Never mind. Not a whole lot. Uh, the trailer, I did watch the trailer, and I do think it looks pretty good. Uh, it looks like it's somewhat big-ish budget or whatever. Some good action-y type stuff. Uh, but anyway, next up, Mine 9. And by this, I mean like it's the mine, like underground mine, not like, hey, you're mine. Um, <laughs> two miles into the earth, uh, nine Appalachian miners struggle to survive after a methane explosion leaves them without one hour of oxygen. This is only an hour and 23 minutes, so that's not bad. Uh, yeah, it doesn't star anybody. Oh, Kevin Sizemore, there you go. There's your act. Kevin Sizemore? Isn't that someone? Tom Sizemore is. Oh, well, maybe it's his younger brother. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, kind of like Joe Estevez. Yeah. Or Frank Stallone. Yeah. None of which is a positive. That's, it's not. Yeah. None of which is a positive. But, uh, anyway, okay. And lastly, uh, this is on Hoopla, the best movie of the year thus far for me, and that would be Color Out of Space. And I know that, uh, Steve is not here to, Speak for himself, but I know that our buddy Steve uh, would agree this movie is fantastic. I love this movie. Uh, Richard Stanley directed it. A secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. Nicolas Cage is in it, and he is... This is good Nicolas Cage, by the way. Uh, it's amazing what a good director can do for an actor. Because, um, like, yeah, Nicolas Cage, he's a great actor. But most of the time he's not because he's starring in shit. Uh, he was, I, yeah, I, he I was just perfect because this, this movie is so wonky and weird as only Richard Stanley can make it, but he gets great performances out of his cast. I, I can't wait to watch this again. I loved this movie. Um, there you go. It is an hour and 51 minutes, so it is the longest one of the bunch. And I, yeah. I think that Hoopla, I haven't watched a Hoopla movie in a little while. Um, they stream HD, right? Cause this movie kind of, yeah. okay. Cause this movie is, a lot of it relies on the much like um uh, uh drawing a blank here the um the one with Natalie Portman the colors annihilation annihilation yes so hopefully that's I got you. there you go yeah the only problem i've had with hoopla is occasionally it'll crash but uh, so does amazon prime so whoop de doo oh. i just restart it fire it back up and away we go uh, you sold me on Color Out of Space. That was a hard sell, and I'll take it. Let's, uh, Richard Stanley, I'm always curious what he's up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want? 
Um, I, you know, I, yeah, it's a pretty good spread there. I think that I'm going to take the, I'm, I'm in the mood for an alien-y type thing. So dark, light, and I did watch the trailer for it and I'm like, ah, that looks pretty good. Well, at least it looks polished. Who knows? All right. There you go. Next episode of the roulette will be, I guess, double alien kind of thing. Color out of space yeah. and dark light. I got to put it. Keep wanting to call it dork light. Because oh. it didn't make the A pronounced enough. Okay. All right, there we go. Oh, I guess I'm up first for recently watched, huh? Yeah, this is, I figured that uh, we've got, we're, we skipped a week, so we're probably due for just a hot and heavy roulette episode. Or hot, roulette. Uh-huh, go on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm up first. Yeah, so we finally got Amazon Prime, and I was like, yay, finally I can get all this Amazon Primeness. And I've been watching some stuff, and let me tell you, you take away the TV shows, there's not a lot on Amazon Prime. And I have a couple of other complaints, too. Like, for example, why are they all mixed up with other different channels that you can't watch? I know. That pisses yep. me off. I'm like, oh, cool, I can watch Watchmen, the TV show. Hit play. Sign in with your HBO account. No, I'm on Amazon Prime, so there shouldn't be anything with HBO on here, you dumbasses. Shudder. Oh, that's there, frustrating, and stars, and epics, and all this stuff. I want. There's stuff I want to watch, but I can't, because i got to link all these other accounts. Why are you even on Amazon Prime? You guys all have your independent own streaming services. What's the point? I Very annoying. So once I've started figuring out, oh, I have to go only Amazon Prime stuff really narrowed it down, especially when you go to this genre thing. This is annoying. Oh, this annoys the shit out of me. Horror thriller. And I flip through there. Okay. There's a dozen movies. And then I skip down to sci-fi thriller or whatever. Okay. Six of those movies are in there as well. And it's like, Oh, you just don't have a whole lot on here, man. I, I, I I'm having a hard time finding movies on there for real. I mean, I've watched a bunch of them, but it's stuff I've seen before or, uh, there's just not a lot of stuff that I'm like falling all over. Like uh, Netflix. I mean, Netflix has way more stuff than Amazon, in my opinion, as far as just movies go. There's plenty of TV shows on there that I'm working on. That's great. But I, I thought there was tons of stuff on Amazon and I'm not finding it. And that's another thing, too. It's just as hard to find shit on Amazon as it is on Netflix. Uh, and by that, I mean, oh, easily. You, you yeah, have to as, dig as and dig and dig and dig and dig to find something. And Oh, it's just annoying as hell. Um, another fun thing, is too, it? is you add... I click or the button, and it says, Add to Watch List. And then it changes, and it says, Click the button again to remove from Watch List. Okay, so I add five things. I go to my Watch List. Nothing's there. Or, the, or, or one of the three movies I added is there, hmm. but then two of them aren't. And it's great. Now i got to go search for it to find it. Uh, not Not real impressed so far with the Amazon. Anyway... Um, we've got a couple of things off the list here. Since I've been on my ass with coronavirus and flu B, uh, the first thing I did once we got it is The Boys Season 1. And this was awesome. Yeah, this was good. There were... It starts off real hot and heavy with the gore and violence and craziness. And then about two-thirds of the way through the season, there's three or four episodes where not a damn thing happens, and it's just talking. And I was like, come on. And then the last 
couple of episodes, kick it back up again, and it and it ends in a great like it's real interesting again. But there were three, at least three episodes somewhere there and sandwiched in the middle where it was just talking. It just felt like padding. Not much is going on. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you what happened in those episodes. There was almost no action, if any. Um, and I was just like, let's go here. Then the last couple episodes, they picked it up again. And I'll definitely watch more of it. Uh, next up, Homecoming Season 1. Now, I'm pretty sure I talked about Homecoming before on the show, when we were talking about podcasts. It would have been a... I, yeah, it sounds... I haven't seen it, but that sounds right. Okay, well, there was a... Uh, several years ago, a podcast came out, and I... It was one I just stumbled across right when it was coming out, and so I hopped on board. And it was like... Kind of like an audiobook, but it had every week they, or, or two they release a new chapter, you know. And it was fully produced sound, full background noises, buses, cars, you know, everything. It was it was awesome. But on top of that, they had an awesome Hollywood actor cast. They had Oscar Isaac. They had uh, Catherine Kinnear. Um, David Schwimmer was in it, and he was an asshole, and he was awesome. I mean, a real... I mean, that's real cast, you know? It's not just a bunch of nobodies. Uh, so then, uh, season one of the podcast ended, and they said, well, they're we're kind of working on a TV show thing, and then there was never a season two. Hop on over to Amazon Prime, and what do you know? Homecoming, season one, starring... Uh, oh, shit, who all's in this? Uh, once again, it's got a bunch of names in it. Uh, Pretty Woman, what's her name? Oh, um, uh, um, I know who Aaron you're talking Brockovich. about. Uh, yes, that actress. Well, she took over the Catherine Kinnear role, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yep. That's sad. Sad that we couldn't bring that up. Sissy Spacek is in it. There's a, there's several other, um, character actors that you would recognize instantly. Like, I don't know their names. Oh, Shay Wiggum. I never knew that was his name, but I know I've, I've recognized him in a lot of stuff. So it was really cool uh, getting to see a visual representation of this audio book, basically, that I listened to several years ago. And it was phenomenally well done. This is a mystery thriller from the get-go. So there, and it kind of there jumps back and forth on time frame. There's a present timeline going on, and there's a past timeline going on because of a uh, let's just say amnesia. It's not actually amnesia, but let's just say amnesia. So the, uh, Julia Roberts' character is discovering what she had done in the past. Uh, so whenever, um, since most of it is in the past, that's widescreen, and looks great. But anytime they go to the present, they go to that four, three, sixteen, nine, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh-huh. Full frame. So you know which timeline you're in because there's only like a four year gap. Um, so uh, they don't look that different. You know what I mean? The characters. Yeah. The it's as far as it's a mystery thriller. So for half of the series and it was this way at the podcast, you have no idea what's going on. You're, you're just on the journey of discovery along with them trying to figure out what the hell is happening. And each episode you pick up a little bit of a piece. Oh, this must have been going on with the soldiers and PTSD. Oh, these people must have been trying to help them, but they're also being shady. There's something they're not mentioning. What are they doing exactly? A couple episodes later, oh, they might be giving them some drugs through their food they don't know about. 
and on and on and on until you get to the very end. And then you under, when you get to the end, you understand everything that happened in the show. So you got to have a little bit of patience with it going into it. But the filmmaking is so well done, dude. Uh, there are a couple of shots where it's downward on top of a car, almost looks like a drone shot, but it's, it's high up and it, the camera angle follows whichever way the car turns. So the way the car turns dictates the motion of the camera and it never is is always perfectly centered on that vehicle. It is crazy how cool of an effect it is. Um, but that's just one of many. The sound effects, the score, everything is so well done. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I don't know if you'd like it or not, but it is something maybe if you want to give it a shot, you at least will appreciate the filmmaking. And it's not very long, it's 10 episodes, and they're 30, 40 minutes. Uh, so it's not like a big, huge commitment. I don't even know that there's a season two or that there's going to be. Uh, but it is a, it's a cool story, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, okay, back to you. Okay. Uh, I've watched so much stuff. uh, You know what? I'm going to start with what I most recently watched, just because it's been on my mind. Uh, That is Seven, the David Fincher movie from uh, 1995. 25 years old. Can you believe that? Um, Perfect movie. This is a perfect movie. It's been a... It's been, I think, maybe four years since I've watched it last, and uh, it's one that I could watch every year, but because it's so heavy and oppressive and depressing, I can only watch it maybe once every five or so years. And actually, uh, the last time I had watched it, I remember it it was like many, many years in between my viewings. Um, and here's this interesting, my, my experience watching it this time. Um, I actually had a borderline nightmare. I don't have, I mean, I have shitty dreams, yes, but I don't have like dreams where I'm legit scared. Like I wake up scared. Usually it's, I wake up annoyed or, uh, you know, like, you know, in the, in your dreams where you're, you're running from something and, you know, they're always like, I don't know. It's like the entire dream you're hiding from someone and, and it's like a night full of you're hiding from someone. I hate that. Yeah. Or you're trying to accomplish something and the entire night's dream is you can almost get that, that thing done, but you can't quite get it done. Well, in here, vivid. Like it was, it's been years and years and years since I've had this, uh, this creepy of a dream. And it was because of this movie. A hundred percent was because of this movie. Keep, uh, keep going. I have to go kill a spider. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, it's, Crazy how I mean, this is David Fincher's second movie after Alien Three, and it's like he seems like a seasoned director by this point. The acting, I would dare say that this is possibly my favorite role ever for Brad Pitt. And say what you will about Kevin Spacey and what he's, you know, the drama in his personal life, uh, he was perfectly cast in this movie as John Doe. Morgan Freeman is great. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is great. Arlie Ermey is great. Everything about the movie is perfect. And the Blu-ray is so good. And it's it's been out for a while. Uh, It makes the movie look brand new. Like, I feel like I'm watching a movie that was made this year. And the only thing that's missing is in the very beginning, it should say, you know, Unnamed City, 1995. That's all it would take to be like, oh, this movie was just made. Because the only thing that dates the movie 
is the lack of cell phones and maybe some big computers. And even that, I'm having a hard time remembering. Like, I, I guess they use landline phones some, uh, but you rarely see a computer in this thing. So it's barely even dated in the technology aspect. Towards the end, it feels modern with, with how they were filming it, with how he filmed it. Uh, Rob Bottin did the special effects, which Rob Bottin also did the special effects for The Thing, which is uh, awesome. And I really was paying attention this time to the effects because uh, the, the effects, like, it's not overtly gory, yet the movie is just disgusting. Just disgusting. Everything about it is so gross in its own not horror, but worse than most horror movies sort of way. This movie got to me. I mean, this is like Irreversible. This is one of those movies that really, really affects me in a negative way, but in a great way. Because I like when movies can affect me like that and have me shook up. And this is one of the rare movies that still shakes me up. I, that ending, dude, I still, I cannot believe that a second time director after Alien 3, that this guy was able to pull off an ending like that. Because it is harsh. <laughs> it is. I, I don't find it the movie depressing, though. I, I mean, I understand why most people do, but uh, it doesn't bother me the way that Irreversible bothers me. Uh, it's a yeah. bad guy that gets he does kind of get away with some shit, but it doesn't. I don't know. It's I, I don't know. Just different strokes, I guess. But I'll never forget the first time I watched this movie. I was <sighs> I went up to the Dutch cupboard and I blind rented the Seven and the Crow. And my buddy was coming over later and we were going to watch both of them. And I was like, these both look so cool. And I got to wait for him to get off work for the next five hours. I'll just pop it in and watch a little bit of The Crow. Watched all of it. Was like, oh my God. And then popped in seven. I'll just watch a little bit of it. Watched all of it. Oh my God. And then he came over and watched them both again. <laughs> and still, those two of the best 90s movies ever made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I... A lot of times I give grief to 90s movies, but that movie is so perfect. And just the drab, like, it, it's raining all the time. Yep. Yet I would not expect it any other way. And I love the fact that you don't know where they are. There is never a city mentioned. It's Gotham, for all mm. we know. It's just a random city that is, it's always raining and everybody is awful. I, I love that movie so much. I know that it's in my top 100. Speaking of which, real quick here, just real quick side note. Uh, a buddy of mine from martial arts asked me, he's like, Hey, what's your top 10 favorite horror movies? And I'm like, well, I just so happened to have my top 10 or my top 100 list from the podcast that I did. So I just pulled the top 10 in order of what, how, how I had it there. And now, even now looking over that list, I'm like, Ooh, wow. My list has changed since we did our top 100 <laughs> movies of all time. Big time. There's someone there. I'm like, what? What were you thinking, Eugene? Yeah, trust me. I felt but, the same way reading your list, yeah. not mine. <laughs> no. Oh, just some of them I'm like, well, really, Eugene? Uh, all right. But seven, I don't think seven is my top 10, but it's, I would imagine it's in my top 20. Uh, anyway, okay. There's that. Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Uh, I finally got around to watching this. Uh, Drew Goddard directed this one, and he also directed uh, Cabin in the Woods, which is excellent. And this is maybe not equally excellent, like not quite as good as that, but I loved this movie. Uh, cast is great. This is very Tarantino-esque um, as it slowly unfolds uh, at this 
El Royale Hotel in the early 60s. And um, every room has a shady character, more or less, in that room. And we find out their backstory and why they're there and what's... Just everything leading up to where they are they are then is trickled out to the viewer throughout the whole movie. And I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It's long. Two hours and 21 minutes. It's long. Um, and we, we went back and forth a little bit, you and I. Um, I, the scene in particular that you're talking about, I didn't mind that. I, the acting was so good, I didn't mind the fact that it was long. It could have been shorn up a little bit, but I was so enjoying the back and forth, much like a Tarantino movie that I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, yeah, this is great. I would have rather it be a two hour movie than two hour and 20 minute movie, but, ooh, this is good. And, uh, I really appreciated the end that this just shows the acting range that Chris Hemsworth has. Uh, he was just really good as a, as a bad guy. I thought that he did the part quite well. And for the most part, you think of him as Thor and this, you know, kind of goofy comedian type, you know, like in Ghostbusters or whatever. And here he was, he was a despicable, scummy Jim Morrison wannabe, I guess. Seven is not in your top 150. Of course. Of course. Why would it be? <laughs> Dumbass. I was like, I'm gonna go. Just you said top ass. twenty. I was like, I'm gonna go look into that. No, it didn't even make the top hundred and fifty. Oh, who knows? It's in my oh, one fifty one. I'm trying to see where it is uh, if it's on mine. Uh, number forty, number forty four for me. Meanwhile, House of a Thousand Corpses is in, probably in my top ten or fifteen. Um, it's nothing embarrassing until. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch is number 10. Uh, Top Gun is number 14. Oh, that, that, that. Just, just above Full Metal Jacket. Uh Uh-huh. House of a Thousand Corpses is number 22. Yeah, let's, let's replace that with, uh, seven. I love House of a Thousand Corpses, but seven is, that's, that's top, that's almost top 10 material for me. Almost, but not quite top 150. Not quite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I'm sure that I ran across that movie when I was doing all my research. I'm sure I did. So why wouldn't I be like, well, that one, of course. But no, no, no. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll pick up where you left off there on Bad Times at the El Royale. I also got this watch yeah. because of your voodoo. Um, You know, for the first half, I was going along with it as, as a Quentin Tarantino light. I was like, okay, I kind of see what we're doing here. That's okay. They have a couple of scenes where they're just talking about nothing, kind of. Just regular kind of conversation. You're like, where is this going? Or what does it have to do with the plot? And then they get to the end, and it's and it's like, because blah, blah, blah. And you're like, ah, I see how this works in. But then there was also a couple of scenes where they were just talking about nothing, and then it ends, and nothing. And it was like, ah, at two and a half hours, we could have cut that scene out because it didn't do anything. They actually showed the end of that one scene a couple of times, and I still didn't understand it. <laughs> Why did she hit him over the head with the bottle? I, he, They weren't doing anything but having regular conversation, and then all of a sudden she just bashes his brains in. What? Even later... I think she just didn't trust him? What, what did that have to do with anything? He, there was nothing going on. It, I... It was lost on me, sir. It was lost yeah. on me. Uh, so a couple of scenes like that, we could have easily chopped this thing down a good 15 minutes. Um, 
it was a little bit all over the place. I liked uh, I liked the, at the end. I, I wish we would have gotten a little more culty. Uh, I liked at the end when the one kid you realize who he was and what he did. Yeah, that was great. Was like going off. I liked that. Um, but overall, eh, it's kind of a one and done for me. It's fine, but it kind of reminded me of that one I watched with Paul Walker not too long ago, Pawn Shop Chronicles, where it's, I get what you're trying to do, but there's a reason that Tarantino is so good at what he does. And if you, if you can't go all the way and either make it a hyper gory mess or, it's really well written where those nonsense conversations come around to something that is a big deal. Um, then what are you even doing? You just, it's like, we almost had it. <laughs> we were almost QT, but not quite. Um, so, uh, okay. Um, and then of course, you know, they're reeling out the film and, Oh, can you believe that guy did it? Isn't he dead? Yeah. He was banging that hooker or whatever. And I was like, you're never going to tell us who it is. I just know you. Nope. And, it's, and you're going to think you're clever for that. And you're not. That's the briefcase in Pulp yeah, Fiction right it's, there. It's not clever. It's not cute. It's annoying. And <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, I'm good on that. It was okay. Worth a watch. But eh. uh, okay. What next? Let's talk about Jack Ryan, season one and season two on Amazon Prime. This is another one out of uh, other shows that I've been really wanting to watch because I love all the Jack Ryan shit. And I got to say, really sad when this was over because I loved it. And I think it's something that you would really mm. dig too. Uh, what's his name? <sighs> For fuck's sake. Jim from The Office yeah. is a great Jack Ryan. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, what? Yeah, what? Um. <laughs> Uh, he's a little more aggressive than previous Jack Ryan's. Krasinski. John, John Krasinski. John, yeah, we uh, go. I really enjoyed his portrayal of Jack Ryan. The show does not overstay its welcome for one minute. I'm, I'm not sure about season one, but season two is eight episodes. Not a wasted second of any episode of any of the seasons. It just... Everything has information packed into it and or action. And I appreciated the hell out of that. I quite enjoyed this show. I hope they're going to make more. Surely they will. Cause this is, it's so well done. Uh, I mean, it's like theater level quality. It's awesome. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend, uh, Jack Ryan, the Amazon prime show. Uh, like I said, doesn't overstay its welcome at all. Eight episodes. I, I love that. Just get in wham, bam at, Oh, that's so good. How does it compare to the movies? I know the movies are up and down. Some of them are great. Some of them are you know, right. not as good. This is definitely the most grounded of all the Jack Ryan stuff, I would say. Uh, I mean, movie-wise, almost like The Kingdom. Remember that movie? Yes. Like, that's very grounded. It very, you know, feels very real. That's how this is. It feels very real. Okay. It's, it's good stuff. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, okay, I'll do something else here. That about does it for all the TV that I've watched on Amazon Prime. So from there, we'll start getting into movies. Um, since I've been talking about nothing but positive stuff, let's do a real quick doubleheader of some negative stuff. Escape Plan 2, Hades. I, why Why am I watching this? Why? I, you know what? Because Stallone's in it, and Amazon Prime is nothing, and I'm sick of looking for stuff, so... Let's hit play on this. And halfway through, I'm like, yeah, this is not good. 
by any stretch. And then I paused it and it said, directed by Stephen C. Miller. I was like, oh, suddenly this just became pretty darn tolerable because <laughs> this is the best thing that he's ever made, at least as far as what I've seen of his work. And uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, they're in this crazy prison compound that's very similar to uh, the Christopher Lambert movie back in the day. It's a, you know, circular underground and laser grids and okay. But I couldn't tell anybody apart because all the side people that they get are white dudes with kind of beards like mine. They all look the same. I'm like, wasn't that the guy from the earlier who quit and then something? Or is it that guy? They would line them up. They would stand next to each other. Couldn't tell you any of them apart. They all look so identical with their just beard. You know, ah, okay, white dudes with beards. That's that's about my review. And then and then guys from the outside that are trying to break people out would just show up in the prison. How how did you get in? They got themselves caught or something. Boom! Suddenly Stallone's in the prison. It's like, huh? How? All right, whatever. And roll credits. <sighs> no, it's not good. Not not at all. How is it compared to Escape Plan Three: The Extractors? It's an Oscar winner. That's right. The mm-hmm. Stephen C. Miller, please come down. Collect collect your Oscar because Escape Plan Three is St- Sylvester Stallone in warehouses. There's not even a oh the there's, warehouse There's, there's again. not even a prison in this movie. I they're the extractors. I don't know who or what they're extracting because they're just walking up and down spiral staircases and dilapidated warehouses and talking about stuff and talk, talkity talk, talk, talk. And then a couple of shootings and I couldn't gun to my head. Couldn't tell you a damn thing about escape plan three. I just know that it played in the background and it's checked off and boy, Stallone, that's low for you, man. I mean, low, low. Escape Plan 2, Abby just kept going up and up and up in score while I was watching that. At least that one had a prison and laser grids and it pretended to be some kind of escape movie. Three? Nothing, Eugene. It was nothing. It was a big pack of chit-chat and, oh, I, I hated it. I was, oh, I was who, uh, who directed part three? Not Stephen C. Miller. It was some other dude. No. I don't know. I went and looked because I was like, Steven, you really stepped down here, bro. <laughs> nope, wasn't him, so not on him. Shame, deep shame on whoever did direct that, though. Okay, back to you. Okay, we can finally talk about Tiger King. I got that checked off the list. I have not watched this recent episode. They, I'm not sure if you saw this. They released another one-off episode, kind of a what happened after the fact type thing, which I'll get to. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Um, I, I like this show. It's, um, it starts strong and I, it gets weirder and crazier as it goes on, which is great. Um, my wife was on, my wife was on board with this show until, uh, and this is going to be minor spoilers here for those of you who have, who have not watched the show. There's, uh, I think it's the th- one, two, three, th- I think it's the fourth episode uh, where or fourth or fifth episode to where Joe's husband, uh, he off camera he kills him he shoots himself and it wasn't a suicide he just was being a dumbass with a gun and like ha ha there's the the magazine's not in and he pulls the trigger and blows his head off. Um, that's where things went south with my wife uh, with the show and um, 
after that episode, she didn't even watch the last couple episodes. And it, even to me, it did get more, I don't know, as things got worse and worse for most everybody, I, I don't know, I didn't like it as much. Uh, the tighter the screws got on, on Joe Exotic and with this Jeff guy that shows up and he's a, I don't even like looking at him. I hated that guy. <laughs> um, and Carol Baskin is a, oh, she's awful. She's awful. Every, actually, what, Everybody's awful in this yeah. movie. It, I do, I do appreciate the random jet ski scene. In the, I think it was at the last episode with the the guy that ratted Joe out. Um, it just he's just on a jet ski. It's kind of a comical. I don't know why. It just it struck me as kind of funny. But I, I liked it. This was good. I like if it would be up to me. Uh, don't fuck with cats. Is I would pick that any day over this. Um, probably because it's not as long. A little bit more cinematic, I guess, and I just at least with that the cats documentary, I liked the online sleuths in here. I didn't like anybody, no one. I I'm hard pressed to find any. There was levels of there was the one the one person that gets their arm bit off by the tiger mm-hmm. in the big. I, I liked that that character. No, I don't want to say character, but that I liked her. Yeah, her. And then there was even the guy with the blondish long hair. Um, he was okay. I uh, just everybody. Was uh, the, the only everybody. person I think that I could say was positive in the whole show was, yeah, maybe the girl that got her arm bit off, and then maybe the computer programmer guy who witnessed the guy blow his head off. Yes, he was. He seemed yeah. like a nice guy. He just kind of got roped into that crazy weirdness, but oh, it was it was good. I, I mean, I highly recommend it. Uh, I just. After that many episodes, I, I was hoping for someone to get their comeuppance. And instead, it was just like, spoiler alert, but, you know, Joe goes to prison. But even that was kind of like, like, ah, he, he's like, he's bad and he's done bad things. But he's like the least or he's like, like the middle of the pack for as far as scumbaggery, illegal shit going on. Yeah. He's the middle of the pack and he's the one that gets sent to jail for 22 years. Uh, so I, I, they're going to make another, I think they're going to make a second season or whatever. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be more focused on that other guy that was giving Joe money. Or, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, his bandana and hat because he's Bold. Oh, trying to be 23 and he's in his 60s or whatever. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, if you go back and listen to my vague review, it, uh, one of the things that I was trying to convey is there's no resolution. And I wanted I wanted uh-uh. resolution at, on uh, on several things. Instead, it's like Joe's in jail. It's like, okay, well, he deserves to be in jail, but so does everybody else in this show. And the guy with his own little harem of women that work 18 hours a day and get paid 100 bucks a week or something. How do you swing that? How, how does that happen? I, it just, it seems like they were all so bold that, I don't know, it's, it's almost the, the Trump type thing to where we're so confident, even though we're complete and total morons. Some people are just like that. Like Joe, exotic Joe, Joe exotic. He's to me kind of a moron, yet he is so incredibly confident and just, fuck yeah, I can build myself a bit, the bit, the bit, Tiger Park and Carol Baskin in the head. And, oh. I mean, he did things on his TV show that I thought should have put him in jail long before, I, I mean, I, years, I years before I, he actually got arrested for anything. Like you, yeah, I like to hit semi automatic machine gun blowing a, Carol Baskin doll away. Oh, you dumbass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a dumbass indeed. 
But uh, it was it was certainly I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, it was after that though. What did I watch right after that? Because I needed a like okay, I enough with the scumbags now. I'm I'm good. Um, oh, okay. here's another TV show that I'm watching. Uh, Cursed Films on Shutter TV. They Shutter TV is kind of taking a note from. Uh, Disney Plus, I think, with with how they unrolled Mandalorian. Uh, they did the same thing for the Creepshow show. Uh, they would unveil a new episode every week, uh, which I'm fine with. Uh, I really like Shudder. For what I'm paying for it, I, I certainly watch enough movies on there, enough quality stuff on there that it's worth it. And they have a new show called Cursed Films. And there are 30-minute episodes on movies that have a cursed background or a history. Oh, that's interesting. Of... Yeah, and it's it's cool. In fact, I would dare say at a, at thirty minutes, it's not long enough because uh, somebody like the first episode is The Exorcist, which does not surprise me at all. That movie had all sorts of craziness going on behind the scenes. Second episode is The Omen, and then Poltergeist is the third one. And they, all three of them are good. Poltergeist by far is the best, though, uh, because I mean that movie had legit like everybody knows when you hear the, the uh, of Poltergeist, it's like oh. Things went on on that movie. Like, Carol Ann, she passed away, and there was another, uh, the other sister was murdered, and there's crazy stuff that went on on that movie. Um, another reason I like the Poltergeist episode the best is they focus pretty much 100% on the actual movie. Omen and Exorcist, while very good, they both kind of go a little bit into tangents with hey, let's interview a real-life exorcist. Oh, that doesn't and have anything hey, to do with the movie. Exactly. exactly. And, hey, let's interview a real-life witch or a real-life Satanist. I'm like, ah, come on. There's enough stuff that you can fill 30 minutes with these movies. Yeah. And, and even, like, when they get go off on a tangent like that, the stuff that they're, like, these other people, it's actually interesting stuff. But let's bring her back to the actual movie because these are classic movies. These are great movies, and I want to know more about them. So I don't... I actually, after the third one, I'm like, wow, I wonder which, which, uh, other movies. Obviously, they're going to be focusing on horror movies. Like, what are some other movies that they might touch on? I could see Jaws maybe being one uh, of them. The, the anthology movie where the helicopter crashed and killed people. Oh, that's a, yeah, Twilight yeah, that Zone. That's the first thing that popped in my head. Uh, but on, on yeah. that kind of tangent, though, uh, Chris Stuckman just did a video for License to Kill. If you, oh, how, I've seen that he's doing some James Bond. You should uh, check out the one for License movie. to Kill. First of all, almost everything he says I completely agree with about Dalton being awesome and the movie being awesome. But apparently there is a lot of haunted or kind of weird stuff like that on the uh, the end chase with the car chase with the semi and the rocket launchers. Which is awesome. Fantastic. But they, I guess they had a lot of those kinds of crazy issues because at some point, not during the filming, but at some point a van full of nuns wrecked off that road. And supposedly the road is a little haunted or something. And they were having a lot of issues. People getting hurt and just weird stuff happening. But go watch uh, Stuckman's review of it. He breaks down some of it. It's pretty interesting stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, I, I'm so far, I'm I'm enjoying these. They're little, they're, I like that they're little fillers for, I don't know if I'm on the treadmill or whatever. I'm like, ah, 30 minutes, there we go. Boom. Yeah, down. right. So, okay, back to you. Uh, oh, here's one I forgot to write down, but I'll talk about it a little bit. We've often talked about when you're sick, uh, nothing 
you don't want to watch movies. No, you're just nothing mm-hmm. sounds appealing. Nothing sounds good. And towards the end of one of my fever, I finally, I mean, I've been watching all kinds of stuff on Pluto TV, like uh, Yukon men and mountain men and auction hunters. And, you know, where they bid on the, the storage abandoned storage containers. And then they go in and see what they can sell. Stuff like that would just flip the brain right off and, and <laughs> drool on yourself while you watch it. Uh, but towards the end of, of the illness or the worst part of it, I started to be like, okay, now I'm, I have enough focus. I want to watch something. So I finally finished up the last couple seasons of Metalocalypse. Okay. Uh, you, th- th- there has, I've said this before, but there's rarely a show that comes along that this show, right? You could just title this thing, Eugene Weaver, the TV show. <laughs> this is so up your alley. I, and I listen to the theme music every single episode. It is the same for all four seasons. I listen to every single second of it. Not one time that I ever skip it. And towards the last couple seasons, they actually kind of cut it in half so they can get to the show quicker. And I don't like that. <laughs> I want to hear every single second of that stuff. And I, uh, there was behind the scenes stuff that they did with Brandon small and how they write original music for every single episode uh, fantastic, just brilliant stuff. I loved it. It is just metal and gore and partying drugs, hookers and death. It is, and just tons of Slayer-esque pentagrams and crosses and Eugene Weaver, the movie. That's what that is right there. You will absolutely love it. There's only four seasons and after the fourth, uh, the fourth season uh, kind of ends on a cliffhanger, and then there's this ninety-minute rock opera, I guess, thing movie. I watched about half of it, and I was like, I'm done. I, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't do the rock opera thing where every single bit of it is singing. I don't like that. No. no. So I got about halfway through it, and I just quit. Uh, but it doesn't matter. the The show is so fucking awesome, and you'll get around to it one day, and you'll. You'll absolutely love it. It's so damn gory. I uh, oh, it's and and just gleefully gory. I mean, every episode, just hundreds of people die and nobody cares. They just eh, move on. Next concert. It is the shit. Um, and you'll you'll get around to it one day. But they're all on Adult Swim uh, right now on the uh, Roku channel. You can go watch them all. Uh, fantastic. Absolutely love it. I'm going to get, I'll have them all on Blu-ray. That's how much I loved it. I'm definitely going to, yeah. I, it's one of those things where I, I just got another stack of Blu-rays that I, I just got so much to And the, the episodes right are now. only like 15, 20 minutes. They're, they're real short. And it's not as funny as uh, uh, Rick and Morty. It's not that comedic, but it, it won't matter. You'll love it because it's all just death metal and gore. And oh, and the, there's definitely funny stuff in there. It's not the level of Rick and Morty, but the death metal and gore. Eugene is there. He is in. <laughs> uh, okay, back to you. Okay, VFW. Let's talk about VFW. This is um, VFW. Uh, yeah, the veterans. Oh, what's the abbreviation? It's the veterans. Like it's legit the um the little bar that the Veterans go to. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a VFW? Yeah, okay. Uh, is this a movie okay. or a documentary? Or? It's a movie, yes. Uh, yes, it is from the director of Bliss, which I reviewed not that long ago. Joe Bagos directed it. 
Um, uh, let's see here. Good cast. He's got, uh, Stephen Lang, William Sadler, Fred Williamson is in it. Uh, and the guy, um, uh, is it, hold on here. I want to get it right. There he is. Martin Cove or Martin Covey. He's the, um, the, uh, the Cobra Kai trainer, the, the main, okay, him. So it's the, these older guys that go to the VFW to have drinks. There was a birthday party, if I believe it, if I remember correctly. This is, uh, slightly in the future. Uh, close by, there's a bunch of mutant punks, uh, that there's this new drug and it makes them do druggy things. And this drug, the drug lord guy, uh, minor spoilers here, just to, so you know the plot of the movie, he kills someone. And someone else steals all of his drugs from him. So it turns into a, an assault on Precinct 13 type situation where this person goes and holds up in the VFW along with these old timers with weapons. And then it's basically uh, attack and then retreat, attack, retreat, much like assault on Precinct 13. Uh, very gory, which I uh, was, I was impressed with. And I did also like uh, the fact that this director, much like Bliss shoots in 16 millimeter. I, I always appreciate when someone takes the time to shoot on film. Here's my beef with this movie is, um, shaky cam. I mean, that camera is shaking, baby. Woo. It's, it's a shaking, rattling and rolling. It's just like, here comes another good gore scene, except it's just the cameras vibrating because it adds to the tension, I guess. No, 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 sir. It does not. It detracts from it to me. You've got great effects. You've got a solid uh, cast of actors on hand. Uh, and I think it would have even helped a bit if the, the way this movie is lit, much like Bliss, he has this oversaturated way of lighting. And I like it. I think it's cool how he lights it. But again, with the camera is so shaky and I've got this oversaturated, dark, uh, dimly lit bar where all the action takes place. I, I can't see what's going on. And it was frustrating to the point where I'm like, that's probably a one and done. And it's everything was there to make this a great movie, but that, that camera, just so many times I'm like, well, you put that camera on a tripod. <sighs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The, oh, it's infuriating. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You should watch it sometime. You might like it more than I did. I, I think I gave it two and a half out of five. And I want, I mean, it's, there's quality in there to give it a full star more. But when you do that t- to so many of the, fe- of the effects that I'm like, there is a great gory effect in here and it's still gory, but I, maybe if I put it in slow motion, I could tell more what's going on. So it and feels he, lazy. Yes, it does. That's it, exactly. It's like, uh, we, we can't show too much cause we've got a lower budget, but it seems like even in bliss, they he did that as well, but I think it worked a little bit better in that one, just because that one dealt specifically with drugs and being high on drugs, and so we kind of get that viewpoint of you know spacey you know craziness. But here it's an action movie, <sighs> frustrating. Okay, VFW. Um, oh, what? ah, you know what? I gave. Um, do you remember the movie? Um, Nightmare Cinema. It was one of my roulettes from a couple of years ago now, I think. Uh, vaguely. Was it an anthology? Yes. 
I want to. I, I know we, I talked about it already, but I gave that one a rewatch, and I want to just. Uh, I want to talk about that again on my second viewing. Uh, this is a really, really, really good movie. Probably better the second time than the first, mainly because I actually bought this cheap on Blu-ray. I mean, I like five bucks. And the Epi- bl- episode two fifty four. Oh, that wasn't that terribly long ago then. Um, well. I, this is, I think, maybe the first movie that I watched when we started doing uh, Canopy and Hoopla, because I think that's how I watched this. Mm. So I watched this in the theater room on Blu-ray, and it made a huge difference. Because, uh, one, you're watching a Blu-ray. The sound, this Blu-ray was mastered with such great sound, surprisingly. Like, usually I, my my audio is set at a certain level, and I, I mean, I, I don't adjust it that much. This movie here... It sounded so good and it was so loud. I actually, I'm like, okay, this is going to wake the whole family up. So I had to turn it down a little bit. Um, this is a really, really good movie. I think I gave it four stars this time. The first one, I, I and I remember the first time I watched this, uh, it started out, I'm like, oh, this, I'm not going to like this. It's like, it's, there's some CGI that I'm not, I don't much care for, but by the time it gets to the twist of the first story, I'm like, oh, I remember this. This was so cool how they did this. And then the second story rolls along, and I, that's a creepy, weird... I think that was Joe Dante directed the second story. Uh, and then David Slade, the guy that made 30 Days of Night, he has this weird, nightmarish black-and-white short story. And then there's another one with this priest and a nun and a convent or a, a school full of demonic kids that was <laughs> just ooh. they go there they do the whole kid killing thing um and then we get to the last episode the, the last short <clears throat> directed by mick garris and as soon as it started Ugh. i'm like I'm like ah here we go now we're taking a dip in the acting and a dip in everything and this kid his mom and dad get murdered and he gets shot too and he goes to the hospital and he sees dead people because he was dead for a little bit. And it's just, oh, it's just as bland as I remembered it the first time. And here again, we've talked about this before about the order that you put these short these short films into a uh, anthology. And it's like, this is how you're ending it. This is the way, this is how you end it. Like this should have been maybe episode two. Like start with a bang and then, like, okay, let's let's shovel this one out of here quick, and let's get back to the good stuff. But ending on this, it's two hours long. The whole the movie itself is two hours, and I'm all for, like, it's an anthology. So if one is boring, you get to move on to the next one and hope the next one's good. But ending on this note, it's just a bummer. And the the fact of the matter is, it's like it's not a terrible episode. It's just very. Very Mick Garrisy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and he, I know what that means. Yeah, and I think it sounds like he's got his podcast that he does, and he he seems like a genuinely cool dude. Um, but man, it's like so much of the stuff. Why, that he, why is he held in such high regard? Have we talked about this before? I, yeah, I don't know. Like he made Desperation, which I didn't like. The Stand that was awful. Yeah, I just didn't he do Sleepwalkers? Oh. Remember that one with the cat? He did, he did a lot of Stephen King. I think the only one that was good... I know he did the Shining remake. <sighs> the only one that I know that I feel like is a positive is The Stand. Yeah. And that's just... And that's being forgiving with yeah. having t- what you have to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, Ryo Kitamura, uh, Kitamura. He directed the... Um, oh, man. <laughs> this is a good... Uh, a, 
good. Uh, what am I trying to say here? I don't know. Uh, this is a good um, mix of actors, directors. Mix of directors. There we go. Okay. Yes. Uh, and Mick Garris. And Mick Garris. He's also in this too. But Joe Dante. Now, now that I think about it, Joe Dante, the one that he does, I'm like, of course, he does the one that's that's darkly humorous. So. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Oh, and the the wraparound story. It's good for what it is. It doesn't really add up to a whole lot. But Mickey Rourke is good as the projected projectionist, and I I liked him in this. I like him in about anything. He's grizzled old Mickey Rourke. Yep. <laughs> So. Uh, okay, last round for me, and then I'll be done. You can do another round. Okay. And we'll get on to wrapping up. Rambo, Last Blood. That was on Amazon hey. Prime, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I found something to watch on Amazon Prime. And it's fine. I, I don't think it was really all that necessary. Uh, after the fourth one, I thought the fourth one wrapped it up really nicely. I feel like you could have done a better story altogether. You could have done a, a, something in this vein, and it could have, it just could have been better. I don't know, this whole, my maid and her niece or something, ha, huh, it's just convoluted. And I get it, you know, he's 10 years on and peace, and this is what always happens, John. You go for 10 years with some peace, and then all hell breaks loose, and you gotta murder everybody. Um, and when he finally, you know, gets onto it there in the third act, it was really cool and it was great and satisfying, but uh, just the whole thing just felt like it wasn't really needed. Um, so it is what it is. I, so I kind of agree with you there. It's not awful. I didn't hate it or anything, but... The end is cool. Fucking dog. Hang on a sec. I just gotta let him out of the office. Right. Just take a sec. Uh, okay. Do a couple of rewatches here and that'll be it for me. Because I'm looking for stuff to find, watch on Amazon Prime. Ha ha ha. Uh, From Paris with Love. Have you seen this le- recently? That's John Travolta. Yeah. It's a good movie. Or it was a good movie the last time I watched it. Which was... Many years ago at this point. Probably at least ten years ago. We've never talked about it on the show. <laughs> Same here. Uh, That's about how long it's been since I've seen it. And... Uh, a buddy of mine was watching it, or watched it not too long ago, and then, of course, I see it on Amazon Prime, so I'm like, ah, hell with it, it's time for a rewatch, let's see how that holds up. Eh, eh, it's okay, and it's got some okay action scenes, and Travolta, it's one of his very, very few decent movies, I'd say. If you go look at his IMDb, it is a mishmash of about 80 shitty movies, and there's about three that are okay. Um this being one of them. The movie itself has a couple of really dumb things in it. He's carrying that fucking vase around the whole movie. Uh, why? What? Just buckle the damn thing in the car. Why are you still carrying it with you? He's not even telling you to bring it with you. And yet he carries it around. Like, duh, 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 duh. like <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, this movie has no plot whatsoever. You never know who the bad guys are. You never know where you're going. You're just following John Travolta around as he randomly kills people. And then at the end, something about diplomats or something. There's no plot at all. It's just, I'm a spy. Let's do spy shit, bro, motherfucker. Uh, You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, calm down just a little bit. Uh, So it's a eh for me. I actually got to go look and see if that's in my Blu-rays, because if it is, it's probably getting traded in. (laughs) (laughs) I've got it on Blu-ray, of course. 
<laughs> I don't know if I do or not. I, ha I have to actually go look. <laughs> uh, next up, I, Frankenstein. Have you seen this one with Aaron Eckhart? Yes, I did. That's a good movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, when was the last time you watched it? <laughs> oh, many, many years ago. <laughs> Same here, but it popped up on Amazon Prime, so I might as well give it a go. This is a just a carbon copy of Underworld. Somebody wanted to make their own Underworld franchise, and they go, well, instead of vampires versus werewolves, how about uh, gargoyles versus demons? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Go with it. And I can't count how many times through this movie they said... There's a secret war going on the humans don't know about between the gargoyles and the demons. And I'm just trying to remember that. Uh, and then the Frankenstein's caught in the middle somehow. And some of the stuff with Frankenstein's cool and some cool ideas, but the whole gargoyle V demon thing is such a ripoff of Underworld. And they just, <laughs> and, and the whole thing looks like a cheap version of that. And Jay Courtney is Jay Courtneying it up. And, um,. Oh, it's even got the same bad guy from Underworld. The same Bill Nighy or whatever his name oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was yep. in that? Yep. Oh, he's the Oh, he's the prince of the demons or something. And ugh, just chewing the scenery as much as he can with all the CGI. I'm good on that, but I enjoyed it more than From Paris with Love. <laughs> uh, but they're both pretty bad films, just FYI. But... Uh... You could do worse, I guess. Yeah. With the okay. quarantine, there's all sorts of stuff that I, I mean, I just go all over the place with, even if I know it's going to be mediocre, I'm like, eh, why not? Who cares? Uh, well, and I'm trying to find stuff on Amazon Prime and, dude, there's nothing on there, man. I mean, if there is, I'm having a son of a bitch time finding it. Oh, it's all, I, I'm pretty impressed. There's a lot of, of course, and I like horror stuff and there's a lot of older horror movies on there. So <sighs> I'm not, I'm just not fine. I'm digging and digging and digging. And I'm just like, eh, I either already own the movie or <sighs> it's, I'm not going to watch it again. You know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I finished up the entire, not, I think it's nine movies from the original Star Trek, uh, original cast and next generation. Um, it's interesting. It's just interesting. I used to watch these every year, all of them every year. And then I took a several year break. And it's, it is very interesting going back and rewatching them and where, where these fall in the, like, in the line of what I like and what, I like them all, but some obviously more than others. Uh, it's just interesting how, especially with focusing on the next generation, everybody seems to think that First Contact is the best movie. And, ah, I don't know. I, Generations is quite good with Kirk. Um, I really, really like Insurrection. Which feels like an extended, higher budget TV episode of Next Generation because I love the Next Generation TV show, and it feels like a TV episode. And I think that's and and that might be why I really like uh, Final Frontier from the original, the first six, with them going to find God in the middle of the universe or whatever. It's like yes, it's cheesy, but it reminds me of an actual '60s episode. Uh, I, I like that. Um, I still, every time I watch Nemesis, uh, I still think of what could have been, knowing that there's 50 minutes that Ugh. were excised out of that thing. And it's a good movie, and the special effects are, they still hold up incredibly well. But just, it it needs more breathing space. It just feels like it's just battle, battle, but we got to talk about the battle. And, and Tom Hardy, young Tom Hardy is 
I, he was okay, but it just it felt rushed. It felt like it needed more time to breathe, especially because immediately, like, okay, here's he's a villain, and I don't know, it just he felt like a one note bad guy, and it probably in the fifty minute version he was not that. Um, but yeah, anyway, I agree. yeah, it just it felt like they kind of went out with a whimper. Even though I like Nemesis a lot, they should have it should have been better, but. I don't, I mean, the, the motion picture is still my favorite. Uh, and Undiscovered Country is probably my second favorite. I love the, uh, that whodunit type of plot that they have running through, through that one. Remember that one? Yeah. Um, as far as the next generation ones, I'm not really in love with any of those movies. I mean, they're, they're, some, they're okay, but generations is, is one that, the second it's over, it just leaks right out my ear yeah, hole, and I, I and I go, I go, what was that about again? I know Kirk shows up and he's riding a horse, maybe, and they're yep. on a mountain, and uh, uh, what's his name? That Data's Clockwork your, Orange guy is in yeah, there. Yeah, Data's funny, not funny in this. Yeah, and Data's so awesome on the te- on the TV show. He's awesome, and then they introduce him into this movie as just this wisecracking C three PO noob. Disable yeah. that motion chip, please. <laughs> yeah, but remember, it did make more sense after you watched the show. It did, because that's yes. what, that, that's where they left off. Yeah, but anyway, so I watched all of those, and they were they were fun. Um, lastly, let's close this out uh, with oh man, eeny meeny miny mo. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Return of the Living Dead. I know we talked about this before. Uh, reason I wanted to bring this one up is. Um, I have the UK version on Blu-ray, and I am a completist, you see? And this is the only way to watch this movie with the original theatrical soundtrack. Uh, or VHS, I guess you could say, soundtrack. Uh, all other ones, I guess they had issues with copyright stuff with these punk rock songs. So the first Blu-ray release, I think there was a lot of changes made. And then... The UK had their own release that has the original mono audio. And then Scream Factory released it later with much improved picture, but there's still some changes. And I'm a completist. And so I I rewatched this one on UK Blu-ray and it doesn't I mean it I I'm guessing that there is room for improvement with the picture quality, but just knowing that I'm listening to I don't know, something about that knowing that I'm listening to the original soundtrack and I love that soundtrack so much. Those punk rock songs, uh they I believe they changed Tarman's voice as well. Uh so the version that I'm watching has his original brains. And then the I don't I don't know if the Scream Factory version has it changed or not, but I guess it was changed to sound more scary or whatever, but it doesn't work and it's... Why bother? Cool. I know. Why, why would you change that? Uh, so anyway, it's minor quibbles, but I, I so love that movie. Uh, much like An American Werewolf in London, this is the this is a perfect blend of comedy and horror. So many of these don't get it right, but there's just those precious few that do, and this is one of them that nails just there's just enough comedy beats in there uh and the witty lines that it's like you can tell it's kind of a wink wink nod nod at the audience but we're still we are a horror movie just like an american world in london is a 
legit horror movie. So I love Return of the Living Dead. Other than Lucio Fulci's zombie, man, I got to say, this is possibly my second favorite zombie movie ever. I love this thing, even more so than the uh, um, George Romero movies, just because of how everything works. Well, it's works. just so damn fun. And I it mean, is. Return of the Living Dead, Star Trek, First Contact, and Star Trek... Uh, the one with Tom Hardy, all three of those movies have been on Pluto TV in the last couple of months. So I've caught bits of all three of those movies mm. <laughs> recently. And Return of the Living Dead is just endlessly watchable at any point yeah. you turn it on. The lines, oh, the, man, I mean, some of my favorite stuff in that movie are when, when they're trying to figure out, like, okay, so we cut up this corpse and how are we going to, like, rabbit weasels. Yes, that's it, rabbit weasels. And they're all going back and forth. In the uh, in the morgue, and it's just the dialogue is so great. You mean the movie you lied? Mean the movie lied? <laughs> uh, so anyway, oh, it's the, just it's, the best. It is. I well, I and love that's it. Is that, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that not the first zombie movie that gave an explanation for the brains? Yes, because that's the I've never I'd never heard anything like that before, and it still gives me chills, even though that movie is mostly a comedy. Um, it stops it makes the, the pain. pain. It stops the pain. I'm like, oh, the geez. Pain of rotting. You can feel yourself rotting away yeah. unless you're eating brains. Yeah. Oh. And and that they even explained away Night of the Living Dead. Like, you know, oh, you remember that movie, Night of the Living Dead? Well, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just cool. Or I guess they, they don't mention Night of the Living Dead for copyright reasons, but uh, it, it's just cool how there's reasons for everything that's going on in this movie. And hey, we've got running zombies in this I mean, Night of the Living Dead is the only one they could probably mention without worrying about copyright reasons, right? That's true, yeah. But but they, I remember that they never mentioned it by name in this movie. They just say, I remember that movie? Yeah, okay. So, hmm. anyway. But good stuff. Great stuff, actually. It's it's a great movie. Yep, I agree. One of the very, very, very best. Yeah. It's probably in your top 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows? And now, I cannot imagine that's not going to be in my top 150. But who knows? Oh, just give me one minute here, sir. I can bring it right up. <laughs> I love what you think is in your top 100. Oh, and then what actually is, is just, I'm pretty sure Return of the Living Dead's in there. Number 31. There we go. And that, that's about right. I love that movie so much. Right in between Bad Lieutenant and Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, those two would probably see it. But even that... I don't know if either of those would be that high on the list now if I would redo that list. Oh, I don't even want to think about redoing the list. <laughs> no, I know. That was that was a marathon. Yep, I'm still pretty happy with the list. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, are you ready to do Coming Soon and wrap up? Yep. Coming soon for me, probably Ebola, swine flu, uh, the rage virus. I'm, I'm sure I'll contract all of these things here in the next week. Mm-hmm. Um... Rabies, maybe? Or... Eh, I don't get too carried away. i got to leave something for the rest of them. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do have reviews for Onward, the Pixar movie that they dumped onto mm. Disney+. Plus. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yep. Deep Star 6, You Were Never Really Here, Night Hunter, and the Oats Studios films. I got around to watching all of those, finally. Cool. Do you remember those? You've been freezing up, so I can't I do, tell if yes. you're staring at me or Okay. Yes, yes, I do remember those. I liked almost all of those, or at least the ones that I've watched. I'm not sure if I've, I may have missed some now. It's been 
I was like an hour and 40 minutes. They were all combined on Amazon Prime. Oh, jeez. Yeah, okay, then I haven't seen them all. I know that I have not watched an hour and 40 minutes worth of I'm pretty sure it was about that long. Too long. Why hasn't that guy made another movie? I don't know. I don't know. What's coming soon for you? Okay, well, coming soon for me, I got a a stack of movies here in the mail. Um, The Dark from Code Red. The Concrete Jungle from Code Red. Um, Code Red's version of Iron Master. I have the UK version, but now I have the slightly... There you go. Yeah, that's the one with... um, That's the one with... uh, Well, yeah, just big, beefy Italian dudes. Um, uh, Out of Control starring Betsy Russell. Okay. 80s something. And then The Chosen... Uh, Kirk Douglas is in that one. That's the only one that's not code red. I mean, um, just a mishmash of random thrillers, it looks like. Oh, yeah, well, let's see. The Dark is sci-fi, and The Concrete Jungle is woman in prison. And then Iron Master is Italian Grease goodness. <laughs> Out of Control is a 80s women on an island against bad guys. I'm, that's that's going to be me tonight. Uh <laughs> Yeah, Betsy Russell in the 80s. Yeah, that's going to be me. And then, yeah, this Kirk Douglas Omen ripoff thing. Also known as Holocaust 2000. <laughs> oh, that should be something. <laughs> oh, don't you love how back in the day, anytime you wanted to just make it futuristic, they just slapped 2000 on it? Yeah, yeah. Like Holocaust 2000. Riveting thriller in the vein of the Omen. Translation, probably a ripoff of the Omen. Uh, oh, Italian. Oh, who directed that? Alberto Di Martino. Oh, that's I'm all in. Ennio Morricone did the music. Yep, I'm in. Yep. Scream Factory. Yeah, so Scream Factory. That I mean, that elevates that one, of course. But the rest are all Code Red, Banana Man stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I watched some Scream Factory stuff on their on their Roku app, and and they have a Pluto TV channel as well. And. Uh, <laughs> I see Scream Factory. It doesn't automatically elevate for me. Yeah. Oh, and go take that down about five flights and you got cardboard pizza, all also known as Code Red. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, oh, and I'm halfway through with pineapple uh, chunks on it. Last night I just, I, I fell fast asleep halfway through To Live and Die in L.A. And it's such a great movie, but I just was having a shit day yesterday and I could just tell when I hit play on it, I'm like, uh, I'm going to wake up angry. I'm going to w- I'm gonna fall asleep halfway through this and wake up angry and stumble my ass to bed. And that is exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, uh, I started rewatching Jay and Silent Bob reboot again because it's on Amazon Prime. Before no. I, wa- the last time I watched it, it was all skippy skippy because of, you know, it coming down from the heavens for me to watch. Yeah. Here, here I got a legit copy so I can maybe catch all the jokes this time. Yeah. But, but, but like you, fast asleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and, and, and I knew it. Like at about 1030, I just, I, something loud happened in the movie and I, oh, what, huh, what? And just immediately just, oh, I'm like, I feel like shit. I'm angry and just like, I got to turn stuff off and walk to bed now. Oh. <laughs> and then I get up there on the cat's under the bed. Wife's trying to get the cat out from under the, oh, just. Please tell me it was like 9.58. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, it was like no, no, it was like ten thirty yeah. when I woke up, and then just oh, and I'm like, I am not getting out of bed to try to chase the cat out from under the other other side of the bed. That's I'm I don't I literally I don't know how that story ends because I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Lights were on. I have no idea how that how that saga ended, but I would assume that it was the cat got chased out from under the bed, and she. I where do the cats usually sleep at night? Uh, just locked out of your room, or. Yeah, well, usually the the male sleeps in the laundry room slash bathroom, whatever. Um, because with both of them out, they they tear around and then it wakes the kids up. And then the other one, the female, she's a little bit more reclusive, so she just finds a place to sleep and you know goes to sleep. So she's fine out. But the male is the he's the yeah he's the aggressive one. No way. And yeah, yeah, and he's the small one too. So he's not. You know, it's almost like he's trying to prove himself by cons- constantly trying to fight with the big one, the the female. And the, finally, the female has figured it out. Like, um, I'm not going to put up with your shit anymore. Uh, little fella. Little, little fella. So just it's interesting watching cats fight and hiss and uh, as Eugene is over there in the corner, red eyes and just just not just gushing out my nose. <laughs> gushing. Oh, I'd feel bad for you, but I hate cats, so. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, <laughs> yep. That's it. I got nothing else. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to deal with that. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya. Bye. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.